What else? Do you want to talk about the movie Carol? I guess we have to. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Welcome to the best idea of all time. Hello. It's a podcast where we watch the movie Carol every week for a year, and then we talk about the movie Carol every week for a year. My name is Laser. My name is Alice. And we're here together once again. It's episode 14. Is it? Yeah. Wow. We've done this. This is our 14th watch of the movie Carol. It feels like a while, but at the same time, not a while. Yeah. 50 is a weird number. I don't know. I feel like it's hard to conceptualize portions of 50. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. Which no, it, it does. It doesn't. Um. <laughs> well, we're less, we're, we're more than 20% of the way. Okay. So that's something. That is something. Um. Well, we, we, we're back, we're back in your house. You're wearing your Therese hat. It looks yes. great. Even, yes. You, even better. You are back in my house. Yes. I've been here most of the time. Well, you went to New York. That is true. I was in New York for a little bit. Which is where Carol lives. Yes. Did you meet Carol? I attempted to hashtag be my own Carol. Okay. Tell us more. Um, I did a few things. Okay. Uh, I went to Astra Court in a very fancy hotel, which is a very fancy hotel restaurant. It oh. looks just like, if you if you saw the picture, it looked just like the movie Carol. Right. I posted a picture on my Instagram. Someone asked me if it was the, the restaurant from Carol, and it isn't, but it looks like it. Yeah. Um. I went there and I had poached eggs. Mm. Um, I also realized that I think I, I I had the thought that when they order cream spinach and poached eggs, they might be trying to order eggs Florentine, which is poached eggs over spinach. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they make that with cream spinach, but that's not always consistently that. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, I don't know, because I don't know if eggs Florentine was a dish in the fifties. Mm. Also, the plates they serve it on make it look more like a like a traditional meal. So who who knows? I mean, I don't know. Um, anyway, so I went to Astra Court. Uh, it was nice. It was very fancy. And then the waiter misgendered me and also didn't bring all the food that I ordered and still tried to charge me for it. So six out of ten. Wait, fuck that guy. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Um, uh, it looked fancy looking. Yes. It, it was great for aesthetics. It was great for the gram. L- not, the food was okay. <laughs> I don't know. Don't okay. go there. Um I also tried to be my own Carol in that I brought a pair of leather gloves, which I did end up wearing a bunch because it was actually pretty cold in New York. Ah. And I went to a bunch of different like boutiques and, and department stores. I went to Bloomingdale's Ooh. and I bought perfume. Nice. Um, I also went to the Alexander McQueen boutique on um, like 57th. And while I was there, I got helped by a very very nice shop girl named l who she was very pretty she was tall and thin um so this is the thing where like i like going to very fancy like designer places and i do have the money to buy things at those places but i don't really look like the kind of person who typically would shop there and so i usually get pretty mixed service like i'll get like begrudging service Mm -hmm. i will say l was very friendly and didn't seem to 
beat nigh when I was talking about like, oh, well, my fingers are too big for women's rings. Can I look at the men's rings and such? Mm-hmm. was pretty chill. Um, she was actually being very nice. And it was kind of like, oh, I think this is what it's, it's supposed to be like. And I know that like, it's not really her being nice because it's her job to be nice to me. And, and I'm, pay- I'm essentially paying for that. But I was buying into it. And then at one point while I was trying on necklaces, I had my AirPods in and my left AirPod flew out of my ear and went flying underneath a radiator. No, no. On the ground. And Elle was like, I'm going to get it. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. You can just leave it. And she went and got gloves and she got on the ground and she rummaged around underneath the radiator and she found my AirPod. She loves you. Yes. You're in love. If I was capable of flirting, I think I could have tried flirting. I don't think yeah. it would have worked, but I would have tried. Um, I didn't actually leave my gloves there because there was a security guard who was watching me like a hook. So yeah. I figured if I left the gloves, he would just say something immediately. But yeah. It was a nice thought, thought. That's great. You could write your name in Sharpie on the inside of your gloves, like your phone number, and then just like hide them places. That's true. <laughs> hide that's them true. under a radiator. <laughs> I actually used the gloves a lot when I was in New York. It was kind of cold. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, and I ended up buying two rings and a necklace. Oh, nice. I I love that. Is that your Carol Collection Corner, or is that are those unrelated? No, that's completely unrelated. Okay. Um, do you want to go to the Carol Collection Corner? Yeah, let's go. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, so this week for the Carol Collection Corner, I have this copy of the Carol screenplay that Ooh. is translated into Korean. Whoa! <laughs> and so there's a Korean version and there's an English version with a Korean translation. This um, is cool. A boutique label in Korea really loves the movie Carol. They've released four different Blu-ray editions of it and this collection of the of the screenplay, again, in Korean and English. Oh, wow, and it has like a discussion with... Uh, yeah, with Phyllis Nodge and the whole thing. A discussion with Phyllis Nodge. There's an essay written by a Korean American in there too. Um, there's a bunch of photos. It's it's really it's really quite nice. But this also has meant that I had a chance to study the screenplay of Carol a little bit. Oh. And I think I'm going to come back to this in future episodes. But there was a lot I noticed right away, just kind of skimming through it. Okay. One of the big ones is that the in from the book the the in the first part of the book there's a section where Carol meets or not sorry when Therese meets another employee at the the store who's like an older woman who used to sew and she kind of sees yeah. her as really pathetic but but tries to befriend her that was in the movie oh and especially when they're in Chicago and they're looking at the Bell of Chicago ham Therese was going to send the ham to that that woman. Oh, okay. And, then, and so there's a there's a scene in the movie where they're talking about it. I think it would have been after the scene that's in the movie, um, where they're talking about if that would be a good gift for an older woman, a canned ham. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, another big thing I noticed is that the scene with um, Genevieve at the end of the movie. Yeah. So w- previous guests have commented on, and we've talked about the fact that that move that that the shot of that is like through a window. You see the you Carrie see, Brown scene. Yeah, yeah, you see Therese on one side, you see Genevieve on the other side, and she crosses. Um, that has co- that that shot makes sense, especially if they did film the rest of the scenes. Which is Genevieve invites Therese back to her apartment for a second party, mm. intimating it's the more queer party. That's that happens in the book also. It's slightly different, mm-hmm. um, but in the in the screenplay, she goes to Genevieve's apartment and through a window sees Genevieve making out with another woman. Oh. And then seeing that, she decides, no, fuck this. I'm going to go hang out with Carol. Interesting. So that's why So that's why that scene is, is shot through a window. So it could parallel the, 
the, the going to Genevieve's apartment and seeing Genevieve through kissing another woman through a window. I mean, there's a lot of windows in the movie. There's a lot of windows in the movie. That's interesting. I love it. This book is beautiful. We yeah, so to... I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna read through the screenplay properly. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene with Richard Triangle Man giving Teresa stuff back. The dialogue there is super not inconsequential. Yeah. Um. I think there was a couple other little things I saw, but but again, we'll we'll come back to this um, in future episodes. But that's my Carol Collection Corner for the week. I love it. We'll have to do some readings or something of some of the cut scenes. Yeah, cut scenes is what it's called. So you're you're back in America. I'm back in America. Yes, I uh, was in Scotland. Um, let's see. The most Carol thing I did, I went to this very fancy movie theater by myself. Yeah. Um, it was so nice. But it was very like kind of fifties aesthetic, mm, um, like movie palace, like a movie palace. Yeah, um, like every seat had its own little like lamp and oh, stuff. Oh my god, yes, it was absolutely gorgeous. Shout out to Pod listener Crow Gould who sent me a like a TikTok about it, which is why I went. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. I saw Death on the Nile. Mm. Um, the movie started. A full hour late because the guy running the theater was there by himself and couldn't figure out how to work the smart lights. Nice. <laughs> so he had to go crawl into the wall and find the lights. <laughs> Incredible. But the theater was so comfortable that nobody left. Everybody was like, "Whatever, we'll just sit here." <laughs> how many people were in the theater? Was it very? Was it crowded? Um, I mean, it wasn't that crowded. I had a whole row to myself. Mm. Um, but it was like maybe 30, 40 people. Okay. Got- what was the crowd like? Um, it was, it was a lot, I think a lot of tourists, um, ah, fair. cause it was right in the city center, but couples and yeah, nice uh, older people. While I was in New York, I went to see Butterboy, which is a comedy Yay. show with Joe Firestone, Maeve Higgins and Aparna Nancherla. And Joe Firestone kept talking about the, that movie and she kept just quoting the line, enough champagne to fill the Nile. It's a, it's quite a film. I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a period piece cause it's Poirot. Right. Um, and during this watch, you were noting that the 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 argument between Therese and Richard is a oneer. Yep. Um, and then he goes and steps off screen and comes back with the hat. Yes, but we love ma- it. But maybe Therese was standing really still, so they could digitally yeah. like edit it. Could be some digital magic, is what I said. Um the the death on the Nile has a really um, terrible. Um, uh, they digitally remove Poirot's mustache for the first ha- uh, like section of the film, and it, I guess now that they've done that for Henry Cavill in whatever Justice League, they've like, well, we'll just do that for every film for some reason. They're, but like, th- they built the technology; they got to use it. It's like it's like <laughs> Forrest Gump. They have mustache removal technology. They have to use it in every um, every film. Anyway, you know, what, you know what they also have? What enough champagne to, to fill, fill the Nile. It was, it's a, it's a movie. Um, definitely a movie. It is a movie. Yes. Uh, but that's not the movie we talk about on this podcast. I'm so sorry. I talked about a different movie. Um, so, uh, I noticed this time around that, um, the train set at the, the, at the, the, um, Frankenberg's? Frankenberg's has snow on it, and yep. snow is a big theme in the movie. Yes. It's like kind of this idyllic snow scene. Uh-huh. That's, I, I felt like the snow theme. Each time I watch it, I see more snow themes. Yes. It. That's actually, um, 
semi-related. One of the things I noticed, I learned from the, reading the screenplay, is that the day they leave Carol's is actually Christmas Day. Oh, okay. Which makes sense because they play Silver Bells, but like yeah. that also means that by the time they're making out in Waterloo, uh, it is New Year's Eve. So, so it's like a, literally a week. Yeah. Also, 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 um, in the introduction to the Waterloo, Iowa, in the stage directions, it says they pass a sign with a Napoleon cartoon. And so the so Kate Beaton's theory that someone just Googled Napoleon cartoon and picked the first one they found. Strong credence. Interesting. Very likely. We might have we might have we might have 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 solved this one like Perot on the Nile. We absolutely did, and nobody had to die. Um, incredible. Okay. Um, oh yeah, you made me listen to the Mint Julep lyrics. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're arriving in Chicago, the song Mint Julep yeah. is playing. Um, and the, when we get to the like the bass solo, he yep. goes, he says, "Would you like to say it?" I can't. I'm laughing too much. Okay, was six extra children from a get frisky, which is so many children from yeah. from one mint julep. We were speculating. <laughs> was it that he had one and he was? He, he was okay. The theories were either, he was either drunk for six years, or he impregnated <laughs> six different people. In one night, I guess. In one night, or so there was like sets of multiple. Yeah, could we could we two or three sets of twins? Anyway, it's a lot of kids. You got to watch out with your alcohol. Yeah, folks. one mint julep to do you in. It could absolutely. So, so, you also pointed out six extra kids, which implies he has other kids. <laughs> yeah, but these are the extraneous ones. You never want to be the extra kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe there's less pressure. Um. We were noting at the beginning, so I've never really understood the point at the beginning of the film when Therese's in the car, the, and then right. we're, we're starting the flashback, and there's... It's before the flashback. It's she, She's looking out the window of the taxi. Right, right. And it, then there's there's a shot of three kids running by, mm-hmm. and then there's a shot of a woman who looks like Carol walking with a husband, mm-hmm. but who isn't, a, who isn't Carol putting a shawl on? You think that's Carol's assistant? Carol's assistant? No, sorry, Kate Blanchett's assistant. Oh, so she's blonde. I don't think so because she's she she pointed in her Instagram caption that she was the fa- the mother to three boys. Well, yeah, but she could be the mother of those boys because they're running ahead of her. Huh. I guess that's true. Anyway, we were thinking: are those are those the three boys that are looking at the train set? Yes. Or are they symbolically themed? tied to those three boys looking at the trains. Is yeah. that what's jogging Teresa's memory? Right. I, they are similar. I, I tried to tried to pay attention, but I couldn't tell for sure because they're they're not really visible very long in the in the in the intro scene, and then yeah. they're only on screen for like a second in the other scene. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think Teresa would care enough if they were the same boys. That's not right. really the importance of but it. But there is, I do think there is symbolism of the three boys, because because. You see the three boys, and then you see Carol, mm-hmm. and that's the same order you see them in the in that opening shot. And that would well, you see Carol, and then you see the three boys. Oh, that. is that the case? Well, because you see Carol, and they make eye contact, and then she looks away, and then she looks back, and there are three boys. Mm. But the... then Carol comes over. Yeah, and then Carol comes over. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 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 So we're both right. So we're both right. Good job. Just like Perot. Just like Perot. <laughs> Enough champagne to fill the Nile. <laughs> Uh okay, um we Abby has a very 
specific color theme that she wears the entire movie. I don't yes. think it's even really that flattering of a color on Sarah Paulson. No, it isn't. It's very like 70s avocado mm-hmm. kitchen appliance. Maybe the redhead likes it. Maybe that's why she wears it because it feels like it would be more flattering on a redhead. Right. Well, you pointed out this watch that the chair she's sitting in when she magically appears in Therese's room in, mm-hmm. in not Waterloo, the place after Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Um, she matches the chair like what like exactly. Yes, she matches it perfectly because she brought it with her. Right. She dragged it into the room while Therese was asleep. Yes. Or she appeared in the chair. Yes. L- she, like a time traveler. <laughs> the, the the chair is her TARDIS is what I said during the film. Yeah, exactly. Because in this in this film, unmarried single lesbians can time travel. Right. And 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 honestly, that that does explain why Abby knows everything. Mm-hmm. What if what if what if Genevieve and Abby are the same character? What if it's a looper situation? Oh, that makes sense. Genevieve is just Abby with lipstick, and that's why we can't tell. Right. Hmm. I mean, I think if you put Carrie Brownstein and Sarah Paulson in the same movie, they could they could they could play a looper situation. They could they could do a looper situation. They're, they're as they're as similar as JGL and Bruce Willis. Yeah, if you if you did a little bit of that digital magic. The digital magic. Um I don't like that, but just that's just because I like Abby so much more than Genevieve. That's fair. Um, Genevieve, I, I counted. Genevieve's in the movie for about 36 seconds. I know, and I don't like her. Because she, she, her conversation is just like, aren't you going to ask me how I know that? But like, I'm very, I'll tell you this, I'm getting very picky about flirts right now. Oh, okay. Because of... You have to go, you have to go deeper on this, please. Okay, so I, you know, I'm on apps at this moment. Um, and I <laughs> literally... <laughs> I'm so annoyed when people don't like respond to what you're saying or they don't like compliment you or they don't like it's just not hard to be a person. I mean, I know it's hard to be a person, but like I feel like you've got to be like Carrie Brownstein seems to have a very clear idea of what she wants, how she wants that conversation to go. Sure. She's like, aren't you going to ask me how I know that? It's like, just be a per, just be like, hey. I know that you know Phil. You seem nice. I hear Phil, Phil told me lots about you. Why, why don't we get to know each other? You, you're into photography? But like, okay, so I was having this conversation the other day, and I shouldn't even try. Let's be honest, I shouldn't be trying. But this person was like, so do you, what do you write? And I told them the pitch for my musical, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a good it, musical. It's, it, and the pitch is even better. It's like, it's like these, you know, it's like a gay robot musical, and there's hedgehogs, and a billionaire dies. And all of those things are great. And the and then I was like, so what do you do? And then they spent like paragraphs telling me about how technology and magic and it, it, technology is magic and how they help corporations create interactive experiences or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that seems nice. Are you going to respond to what I said at all? Or are you just going to talk about yourself and your stupid philosophy? Um and then, and then I was like, okay. And then they were like, well, for a writer, you sure don't say that many words. And I was oh, like, Jesus. And I was like, well, no, because I don't, because I'm here to make feel better about myself, not to just well, listen er, to you talk. Everyone, everyone is on there to feel better about themselves. Yeah, I know. I know. I just feel like I want to, and I shouldn't be, on, I, mean, I shouldn't be on apps to do this, but I want, I feel like I deserve good things. Yeah, no. And, and you're not going to get good things from an app. No, I definitely am not. But Unfortunately. But I, I'm not invited to Genevieve's party. That's true. Invite yeah. me to Genevieve's party, listeners. I think that's the, I think that, that that's Raya. Is that what that is? 
I have no idea. Is that the one for hot people? Yeah, Ryan's the one for celebrities and hot people. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, whoever's got the invite, hook me up. I shouldn't be talking about this on the podcast now because literally people um, that I'm dating have started listening to this podcast. (laughs) It's fine. Hi, everybody. I'm doing a great job. You date someone with a podcast, you're going to get this. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just that just built into the social contract. Also, also, ladies, I'm single. Yeah, everybody date my friend Alice. Literally, literally I keep asking and literally no one sets me up with anyone. I try. I try. Okay. I appreciate that. Um listen. We're we're work- Okay, we have we have the Carol book. All right, what else what else did I want to say? Okay, I I wrote down canned ham because we had to talk about that. Right. Oh, that who brings the tree in? I love that yes. Carol just leaves the tree in her car. And, and Therese gets out as well, yeah. And Therese gets out and then just walk in and then the tree is inside. I like to imagine, because I hate her, Florence bringing that tree inside by herself. Yes. Because there's nobody else who works at the house. That's true. Hellman is out with, with Kyle Chandler. This is the thing I said, which is when they go to the party at, at, at um, uh, Harge's family, the, the the one where Carol's underdressed and, and she, yeah. she talks with Jeanette. And when they get back to Carol's house, she says, thanks for staying sober to drive me home. But they have a driver. Yeah, but he, we we don't see Harge or Hellman at that situation. So apparently... Yeah, but, but, but we see Hellman in literally every other situation. I know. I don't know why he didn't drive at that party. Maybe he was out with Florence being homophobic. Yeah. Just throwing eggs at gay people on the street, <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> Uh, love it. Also, also, if you're if you're a queer person and you've had eggs thrown at you, I'm sorry. That yeah. has also literally happened to me. It's fucked up. I didn't realize until someone else described the experience that that's a thing that happens regularly. That's fucking terrible. It's fucked up. Fucking terrible. But anyway, Carol. And that's why Hellman's name is. Oh. Yeah, that's why Hellman is named after mayonnaise because <laughs> it's a bunch of cracked eggs. Not a great guy. Yeah, I mean, I I'm excited to hear more about your your your. Screenplay. I don't know. I really enjoyed watching the movie this week. I felt like I'm finally home. That's true. You are finally home. I could have watched it on the airplane. It was on the plane. I decided not to. What airline did you fly on? American. I, I, so I had this thought. I think American was the one that censored the movie way back when. And then Cameron Esposito tweeted about it. And then it created a whole uproar. Oh, did they cut the sex scene? They or? cut the sex scene. They also cut a kissing scene out. Interesting. And Cameron was like, hey... That's not cool. And then everyone, every every news publication, which is thirsty for any literally anything to happen, was like lesbian demands that, that cut sex scene be put in. And she, and Cameron was like, "No, that's not what I said." But you know, <laughs> amazing. Oh man, I should have watched to see if it was the same. I when I flew to New York, I flew on JetBlue. They they didn't have and did not have any lesbian movies. I'm I was uh, it's so homophobic. It's very homophobic. The, the best I could do is they had Spencer and they have the one scene at the end of the movie. I guess I, I'm not gonna. I, I guess I won't say it out loud because it's kind of a spoiler. Okay. But there's a very cute scene at the end of the movie, and also we know Kristen Stewart is queen of the gays. Yeah. So there was that, but no, there was no, there was no, there was no lesbian kissing. Nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, American has a lot of movies. Um, I, I just didn't want to watch Carol because I hate being on airplanes and I knew that it would associate mm. that feeling. So instead I watched, um, Venom, the rise of carnage nice with closed captioning on. And yeah. then you picked me up at the airport and you came inside, which is such a good act of love. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Everybody, you should date Alice. She'll pick you up at the airport and come inside. I am the kind of person who will pick you up at the airport. That's great. I will even go to short term parking. Very sweet. Very good. I've never... 
other than my sister, nobody has ever done that for me before. So I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, okay, so April 17th, which is the day after our next, no, two next episode comes out, mm-hmm. is Carol Day. That's the day that they meet at the Oak Room. Yep. So we're thinking about doing something. It's also, it's also Rudy Mars' birthday. Rudy Mars' birthday. And also the anniversary of the day they shot the sex scene. There we go. So we're thinking about doing something. I, I, I'm proposing some sort of live stream. I don't know if we want to do like a, we watch the movie live and talk about it or just do, an episode, just an episode or something. Tell, tell us, tell us if you're listening to this, tell us what you'd want to do on Carol Day to celebrate. Yeah. Tweet at us or tweet at one of us or, or te- text us. Email us. Yeah. Ask me things at bestidea.gay. I will. I will also say, um, while I was in New York, I got to meet a bunch of, my, hang out with a bunch of my friends from New York. Yay! Um, who all said very nice things about the podcast. Heck if yeah. you're listening to this podcast, please share it with a friend. Everyone asks how it's doing, and I like to say, we're having fun making it. It's great. We're having a great time. But if you want to tell your friends about it, that'd be great. We would love for you to tell a friend. And in conclusion, you don't need a sewing kit. I can tell. You don't need a sewing kit. I can tell. You don't need a sewing kit. As we always say. (laughs) You don't need a sewing kit. I can tell. I can tell. Bye. Bye. Living for you is easy living. It's easy to live when you're in love. And I'm so in love. There's nothing in life but you. The Best Idea of All Time is hosted by Laser and Alice. Our theme song is Easy Living, as performed by Flowerlings. Find more information about them in our show notes. The show is edited and produced by me, Alice, and as our friend Tim Bat says, Everyone should go to bestidea.gay. And if you have thoughts about the podcast, you can email us at askmethings at bestidea.gay. Please tell your friends about this show especially if you are friends with Kate Blanchett.